The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I've always been a team guy. I've always been a great teammate, and I'm going to continue to do the same thing. And you, you hope to be able to play right away. You know you yeah, were close last yeah, week. I, I was close last week. You know, I hope to be able to you know, play this week uh, versus the Titans on, on Sunday night. So. Will you always have Super Bowl 50? Will that be I always with? have Super Bowl 50. Um, you know, seeing the pictures when I was walking out, it just, you know, it's made me tear up, you know. But we always got, we always got Super Bowl 50. Uh, I always got Broncos country. And, um, yeah. Is, keep going. is there hope then, as this thing you saw with Peyton last week, that someday there's a bow that ties where you're Ring yeah. of Famer, Hall yeah. of Famer? 100%. That's what it's all about, for sure. Thank you, Vaughn. Thanks, you're the guys. best. I appreciate Thanks. Thanks. Let me go ahead and save you the trouble. Let me go ahead and save you the trouble. I, I, I think I know you well, and if I didn't know you before, I've definitely got to know you and how you think even more over the last year and change of talking to you for two hours every day or at least five days a week. So this is the part where you say, oh my God, what are the Rams doing? Do they not care about the draft? All they do is trade away their draft picks and mortgage their future. And they did it for Matthew Stafford. And they did it for Jalen Ramsey. And how many Super Bowls they gotten them? And now they're trading for Von Miller, washed up old Von Miller. They're giving up a second and a third round pick in next year's draft. This is not how you build a football team, Les Snead. This is not how you how you build teams because good franchises build through the draft and this is not how you use draft capital shame on you Les Snead because this is not going to work out and that's why this is a bad decision if they don't win the Super Bowl then it's the best wrong decision if they don't win it then it was a mistake uh, different context as uh, Eddie Murphy said Round about 1988. Hey, it wasn't me. Hey, it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. And it, even though, even though, well, maybe in that you. case, <laughs> it, it, right? Maybe it wasn't you. Even in that case, <laughs> oh. in 1988, <laughs> 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 it was him then. It was it was him in 1988, and it was me probably last spring or in, 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 early in 2021. But I got to tell you, it's not me right now. I don't feel that oh. way now. As a matter of fact, oh. I have greater, I have greater appreciation and greater information about what the Rams are doing. And I got to say, you know what will surprise you? Maybe it won't surprise you because you've been, you've been on the Rams thing all along. You're like, hey, hey, go ahead and do it. Go do it. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your season. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is your season. Turn to your neighbor and say breakthrough. Okay, all that stuff. Right, <laughs> right. Well, I didn't realize that even with all their trades and with, even with all their so-called uh, future mortgaging and all that, 
that the Rams mm-hmm. are one of the five youngest teams in football. Did you know this? That they're one of the five youngest teams in the NFL? I didn't realize they were one of the five youngest teams. No, I did not. I didn't know that either. So even as they continue to make these you know, moves for Jalen Ramsey and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and moves for Matthew Stafford and doing all this thing that upgrading, upgrading, they still have a pretty young team. But it makes sense. They do so a great you job. Have, you they do be a that great job at the bottom of the draft. They do a great job with those late round picks. A phenomenal job yep. with those late it's, round picks. It's a it's a great it's a great job with those. And also, you almost have this necessity. I mean, if you really think about it, if you got to have so many high priced players on your roster like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and now Von mm-hmm. Miller and his nine point seven million dollars that they don't have to pay most of, you got to have mm-hmm. all those guys. Matthew Stafford, then you you need to hit on some guys who don't make a lot of money. And whether they can play or not, they got to be on the roster because everybody in your <laughs> Everybody on the roster in the salary cap league can't be making, you know, 17 or 18 million dollars. Great move, though. In all right. seriousness, Mike, great move. Eight-time Pro Bowler, and he's gonna get a little bit of a bump playing with those guys. They got a Hall of Fame defense. I mean, I mean, like, oh, like this is just, this. You, Matt Madden would not allow you to assemble this kind of defense if you were in franchise mode in Madden. In what world would you get Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller on the same defense at the same damn time? Come on. Okay? I mean, listen, man. It's ridiculous. It's it's brilliant. And and Von Miller, by the way, I know he was hurt last week, um, but even at this advanced age, still gave the Broncos four and a half sacks, seven tackles for losses, and nine QB hits. But more than anything, he's somebody that's got to be respected. He's somebody that has to be accounted for in a way that I, and I know they try to do the bookend thing with Bradley Chubb at Denver mm. um, and even earlier than that uh, with DeMarcus Ware and, and he, he's had some counterparts, but nothing like Aaron Donald with all due respect to his teammates in Denver. Nothing like Aaron Donald. So now you're Von Miller. You're going to probably get less attention than you've ever had your entire career. So he should thrive right. and flourish in that defense. Um, which was only, I believe, 10th in points allowed and 21st in yards. But what I like about it is two things. One, and you already said it, you already alluded to, to my feeling, is go for it. Go for it. I love the way Les Snead general manages as if every day is fourth and short. He's going for it. All right? And, and you knew that when they went all in, right. all in on Matthew Stafford. Like, this wasn't something where it's like, oh, we're building for the long term. It's like, we're trying to bring a Super Bowl here and bring it here now. But, and I love that you pointed out how they're still one of the youngest teams in the league. And then I, I, I uh, back that up with the uh, observation about some of the later round picks that they've hit on, um, you know, like Jordan Fuller, for example, um, just to name one. Um, what I like about it is the paradigm around draft capital is, or if it hasn't in certain cases, long should have changed. I think and it's not just the Rams. The Rams have swung for the fences with Ramsey and Stafford and now Miller, but it's not just the Rams. I think you're seeing a lot of teams understand that draft capital is nothing but money and how you decide to use yep, that yes. money is up to you. Yep, yep. If you want to spend it on a, on a rookie unproven player, great. That's the lifeblood blood of your franchise, getting young players on rookie contracts. That's fine. But more often than not, it makes the most sense to use draft capital on proven commodities, especially if you have a win now window that's occupied by an Aaron Donald. So people look at it as like, oh man, you're mortgaging your future. No, not really. Because as we've often talked about, and as a cliche goes, the draft being such an inexact science, 
Why not take a two yeah. and a three next year? And by the way, you had two threes. They had two third round picks, two third round picks because of that dumbass rule that rewards a team <laughs> for another organization right. hiring a black guy. So because Brad Holmes got hired as a Lions general manager, the league awarded the Rams an extra third round pick. So they had the extra three to play with. So I just love this approach. I love the move in the short term, and I love the big picture approach on the part of Les Snead and the Rams to say, hey, we got an opportunity to go from Jared, throw it away on fourth down golf, okay, mm. to Matthew Stafford. Damn upgrade. what it cost us. It was an upgrade. That's, an up, that's a clear upgrade. It was an upgrade, upgrade. the day they made the move and became a better yes. team. We got an opportunity yes. now to, to, to bolster our defense, which has been which has been good, but not dominant. We got an opportunity to bolster our defense with a, another future Hall of Famer. It's a no brainer. And I think I just think people overthink it when they look at the they look through that 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 old school archaic paradigm of ah oh, man. But what about the draft picks? Stay out with the draft picks. If you get to what look about at Lombardi in your trophy case. You got you to look at Lombardi what the about case the children? That, where those draft picks go look right over there and again and this is where I do come back at you because I don't know if you've evolved on this because we've argued about this when it comes to the Clippers the yeah. Nets and anybody else that's made a bold oh, wow. move. It ain't about the result. Yeah. It ain't about the result. Hey, if the hey, Rams man, don't look, look, come look. out of the NFC all that matters is that they put themselves in position to do okay. so. That's the job. Whether or not they win it or Look, not Mike, remains Mike. to be seen. In the meantime, you put yourself in the best position to succeed, and they've done that. Mike, I thought you knew. I thought you knew that anything I say about Brooklyn is not really what I feel about Brooklyn. I just like to no, just but mess you said with it about them. the Clippers too. So, you said about I'll, the Clippers. I'll, I'll, you I'll said it about everybody that's oh, made. Yeah. A, a, you Listen. said it about the Bucks when they made the trade me, for Drew Holiday. That is only a success. No, I like if no, no, win. no, no. I like that. Now look, listen, I, I'm tell you. I'm giving you a scouting report. Let me give you a scouting report. Let me give you a scouting report on Michael, Michael Holly. Michael Holly will move. Michael Holly will move the goalpost as he oh, sees 100%. fit. Okay, hundred percent. Oh, I know he'll that. He'll move those goalposts. And, I, move and those I'm goal here to remind you that based you moved on him. based on personalities, based on personalities. <laughs> Cause they got nothing to do with Brooklyn. Because if if a team that I that I like had done what Brooklyn did, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, there it is. It's just Brooklyn. I'm just hating, man. That's all. But across the board, across the, the board, picture. no, but across the board. That's why I said the Clippers, the Bucks, across the board, and even the Rams when they made the trade for Stafford. You, you're, yeah, you are, well, you see, you hold tight to draft capital, and you don't like big, big moves unless those big moves pay off, which I think is just a bad way of looking at things. Well, I would say in each case, it's personality. Personality goes a long way, right? So personality got in the way. So is so by that Matthew rationale, Stafford, if a dog had better personality, he was ceased to be a filthy animal, <laughs> right? Pig got personality. Dogs got yeah. Dogs got yeah. personality that goes a long way. I, I picked up on that. I like it. Yeah. All right. Matthew Stafford. I, I had to get those takes off that he was a dumb quarterback. I had to get those off. Dumb quarterback. So that that factors okay. into that. Okay. Then okay. Kyrie okay. with Brooklyn. I got no issues mm. with Milwaukee, ah, okay. uh, the, the Clippers. Okay. I don't know. I, you know, maybe back and forth. Maybe I was mad at the Clippers for oh, firing Doc. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I, this is good. This is healthy. This is good. Yeah, this yeah. is great. This is so really I'm just healthy. telling you. Yeah, I'm just I, breaking I it down. You're, I'm deconstructing. You're being, you're, I'm deconstructing. In your own twisted way, you're being consistent. 
consistently wrong, but consistent <laughs> nonetheless. No, right. I, I can appreciate that. Right. I can appreciate that. But you overall, know, big watched, picture. Have you, have you watched scenes from a marriage yet on HBO? You watch that with no, Jessica Chastain and Oscar great? Isaac. Really good. Excellent. Fantastic. Watch okay. scenes from a marriage and you'll appreciate how this marriage, if you will, we just had a breakthrough moment which you psychoanalyzing yourself a la Oscar Isaac Jonathan and scenes from a marriage, but you were saying continue. See, no, I'm saying like the grit the, the big thing though going for that idea of hey, let's do it. Let's go for it. I like that in, in, in real life. Okay in real life. I'm about it. Just just go because you don't know you don't know. Um, first of all, you don't know how much time you're going to have in the NFL. This is important. You, you in my me in all sports, but especially in the NFL, you think I'm going to do this. I've got a three year plan. You don't even know if you have three years the old fi- old school. Five year plan has moved to three years and sometimes you don't even have three years as a head coach as a general manager. You just don't know. So here it is. You just got to go for it when you have an opportunity. They had an opportunity. They did it. But let me ask you this. though. let me just uh, ask you because I had a team. A team came to mind and I wonder if we're on the same page here. I look at the Rams and mm-hmm. all these stars together. Mm-hmm. A certain team came to my mind. I said, you know what? They're going to be like this team probably in December, in January. When we go out there for the Super Bowl, Mike, when brother from another takes on Los Angeles, uh, the LA Rams may have a home game in the Super Bowl because they mm-hmm. will be in the same tradition of this. Super Bowl. There's a hint. This Super Bowl winning defense. Anybody come to mind when you think about who they got together? Like a collection of stars on defense. It's old school though. It's old. How old are we talking? Uh, 20 years. Uh, specifically. Oh, the Ravens. Uh, no, the Buccaneers. O2. Oh, O2 Buccaneers. Oh. Where you just look at. Oh, okay. Well, I, mean, right. I thought you meant they were more, they were more home, but they were more homegrown with Brooks and right? Lynch in particular than this. I'm just talking is. about the, the collection said, of. I got you. The reason I say Ravens and, and look, nobody in history really has been a 2000 Ravens, maybe 85 Bears and so on. And the 2002 Bucks, they're in that they're in that mix as well. But the reason I say Ravens is because you know they had you know veteran. If I'm recalling correctly, they had a Rod Woodson. Um, you know they had yeah. Saragusa. Uh, obviously, Ray in the middle, but they were they were more free agent and veteran guys, if I recall correctly, on that 2000 Ravens team. But no, right. I, I could see that. I could see this defense rounding into form and turning into a dominant unit, uh, coordinated by Raheem Morris. There, there, they've been, they've been. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of uh, leaking from time to time with this defense. So maybe it gets to that that level. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, Leonard Floyd's been. Really I think good. they go up though. They, they, absolutely, with I think they really do. There and, yeah, I think they jump. Yeah, I think they can. If if, if I'm not mistaken and you and you you got these uh, you got these stats down. I know you have you've committed them to memory. Some of these uh, uh, NFL quirky historical stats. I think Derek Brooks and O2 had like five or six touchdowns. He had like five touchdowns. A linebacker. Hell, it felt like he scored that many in in Super Bowl 37. (laughs) I can see them just jumping up where you know Donald is like all of them will be improved, but just this addition uh, of Von Miller, Von Miller's going to mm-hmm. be better. Ramsey's going to be better. Donald's going to be better. They just oh, got but... three game changing game wrecking transcendent defensive they players. 
And it's and just, I hate to wreck your it's party. It's just rare. But don't you dare think about setting foot. Don't you dare think about setting foot on this here Rams bandwagon. Okay. Don't, you oh, don't no, no, get, no. I, I know you. Okay, good. Just make it. Just make it sure. Just make I it sure. I see your flag. Okay, just I make it sure. I see your flag been waving there. Because if because flag so, been waving there for about. If so, I'm eight taking months. it back to I'm taking it back to 1950s Alabama, and your ass going to the back of the bus. If that's what you decide you're going to do, if you're about to sit up here and start sweating the Rams. I want to get to the other big news of the day, though. The other big new NFL news of the day um, is, uh, is Derrick Henry undergoing foot surgery uh, today. And the Titans, uh, they saw, yeah, no, not man. Damn, damn, damn. I was so upset. Uh, but then the Titans went out and got the original alien at running back. They went out and got uh, Adrian Peterson. Who might be old, but uh, I doubt he's washed up. He probably is in great shape. But uh, anyway, uh, here's Mike Vrabel on the loss of uh, Derrick Henry. Well, Derrick's status is um, Derrick's going to have surgery in the morning, and uh, you know we're not going to put a timeline on uh, when he may return. I know that he'll do everything that he can uh, to to work himself back to be able to help this football team. And whenever that is, you know, that's when it'll be. And, and I know that he'll be around uh, our team as soon as he as soon as he can. Uh, I know that's important to him. I know that'll be important to our to our team. And uh, you know, we will have to uh, we'll have to move on. You know, we'll have to move on. Unfortunately, without him here in the in the, in the short term, and, and not uh, not look back. All right, maybe I misspoke. Damn. I don't. I don't. I might have misspoken. He, Derrick Henry's set to have surgery. Okay, maybe I'm getting ahead of him. Whatever. Bottom mm-hmm. line is he's out. He's out from anywhere. You've seen eight weeks. You've seen six to ten weeks. You've seen season ending. You've seen maybe he comes back for the playoffs. Um, if they make it that far, which they should, uh, because they got they've already swept the Colts. I believe they have the largest division lead uh, of any division leader uh, in the NFL. Uh, six and two after yesterday's overtime went over the Colts. Um, he's their identity. And as a fan, I felt robbed. I felt robbed that we don't get to watch him, uh, you know, run down the record books and run away with the rushing title for the rest of this regular season. He was literally rewriting history week by week. So I feel robbed as a fan that we don't get a chance to see him. But I don't think we've seen the last of him. Um, the Titans are a resilient bunch. There you go. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how they adapt and evolve, but even though he's the heartbeat of that team, he's the heart and soul of that team, he is their identity, as I said. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill, as, as much as he operates all play action, wow. Ryan Tannehill... Um, look at that stat. Look, look, look at that. Look at those numbers. Wow. That's, it's been incredible. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is not just going to all of a sudden become some scrub without Derrick Henry. Um, if they could ever get Julio Jones healthy opposite A.J. Brown... Is one of the most dynamic young receivers in the league. Um, I think they can hold down the fort enough to make the playoffs. And again, this dude's an alien. Oh, so whatever his timetable is, I'm going to bet on the short end of, of his recovery time frame. Personally, Mike, that's a given. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. As you just pointed out, why do they have the biggest division league? Because they're in the same division with Jacksonville and, and, and uh, Houston, and they already beat the Colts twice. So they pretty yeah. much go win a division. It's just a matter right. of uh, of accounting. Will they win with eleven wins? Will they win? They with just nine? can't they fall apart. The they can't fall yeah. apart, and I don't they, think they will. They fall even apart. without Derrick Henry, even if they fall apart, they go win the division. 
I mean, they go win it. So, I mean, the Colts are the only threat. They got, the a, they got the tiebreaker on them already. So, yeah. They're going to lose the tiebreaker. They're going to lose the tiebreaker. They're yeah. the Colts. Hey, Colts ain't about that yeah. life. They ain't about it. They ain't about nothing. Um, but this is what I want to say about uh, Derrick Henry and the Titans. Just leave a spot open. We got, we got 53. We can roll with 52. Don't put them on IR. Don't oh, do anything. You just, you just roll with that open spot because you know there's a precedent for this. There are you know, many examples in, in NFL history of guys, and even recent history. You know, guys who have been out for a little bit, who've been important players. Teams didn't shut them down. Leave it open. Leave the possibility yeah. open for them to return, and they have returned. Just two guys. You already mentioned one of them. You know, Rob Woodson back in the day with the Steelers. Uh, came back. They got hurt in like week one or week two. They didn't oh, put them on IR. Oh, ACL tear. Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, made a tackle on Michael Irvin and pointed to his knee. And I know this was not in the regular season. It was in the playoffs. Wasn't it T.O. who got a get hurt in the playoffs or at the end of the regular season came back? To play oh, he came Super back Bowl and played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Against the Patriots. Yeah. So look, um, it's worth it. It's worth it. And they're they are well positioned where they can afford to make some sacrifices. And just wait on Derrick Henry. I feel hey, bad look, for Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. I feel bad for who? Henry or them? Henry. Henry. Oh yeah. Oh Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, this is, and this is why you know one of the phrases I know annoys the heck out of you, but it's just that qualifier that we often, we unfortunately often have to use in sports if with healthy. if they stay healthy. Exactly. If he yeah. or she stays healthy. If they stay healthy. And, you know, if healthy, he was about to do something over a three-year period that, that no running back had done, statistically speaking. Um, and he's already a Hall of Fame. He's already, already one of the best running backs we've ever seen. Uh, longevity, he may not have the longevity of some other Hall of Famers, but he's been as brilliant over this recent stretch as anybody has been carrying the football. That's why I say we were robbed. But I think we both agree we're not going to write off Mike Vrabel's Tennessee Titans. Um, nope. For the rest of the season, and I'm not, I'm not going to underestimate Adrian Peterson being effective enough, effective enough. And look, he didn't have to be Derrick Henry. Yikes! He doesn't, he doesn't have to be who he was years hey. ago. I just, all he got to do Ugh. is give them a threat Ugh. in the back. You can say Ugh, all you want. Adrian Peterson hey. is still probably better than a bunch of the bunch of the running backs that they're throwing out here week to week. No, he, yeah. You know he's in shape. You know he in shape. He in shape. Yeah, he in watch, shape, watch. All right, go ahead. You go ahead and underestimate AD. Hey, you go ahead and estimate all day if you want. Tighten up out this mug. And hey. the next man up happens to hey. have been on the street, but he wasn't on the couch hey, like remember? me and you. You know he was in the weight room. He was in the gym. Okay, he was in the gym. <laughs> okay, so you can laugh you know, at Adrian Peterson all you want, big dog. You know I, I am. I'm laughing at Adrian Peterson, and I'm also laughing. At another comedy special that we both love, I might need security. Jamie Foxx is like, and uh, uh-oh. Ooh. And uh, Ooh. <laughs> forgetting the words. Ain't, ain't, ain't there yet. Ain't, 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 ain't in prime. Not, we ain't talking about prime time, uh, prime time, AD. Are you calling Adrian Peterson crackish? Uh, yeah, I'm calling him. This is, you know, there's AD and then there's BC. This is. This is BC. This is old school. This hey. is antique. Antique. Okay. All right. Done. All right. Finish. Uh, listen. I listen. I know you only. It's still time. I know you only. You only as funky as your last cut. I get it. But 
I wouldn't put it past him. All you gotta do is be a threat. All you gotta do is you just have to, to be decent. Just to be decent. Let me adjust. Let me adjust the time. It's three o'clock central time, that trading deadline. So you got until three o'clock central to get something done. You got about 24 hours to make something happen. AD ain't it. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. But listen, guys, y'all fucked your asses off. That was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. I just got one freaking game ball. 405 yards passing, three touchdowns. And trusting in me and, and all my teammates, we just did out there and executed. That's all it that's all it was. That's all it was. Hey, enjoy this one, boys. Enjoy this one. Hey, family on three, one, two, three, family. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Anytime you get to play football, it's fun. That's what we all uh, grew up doing and, and that's what we came to this level to do. So I, I embrace it, but I think I personally did a good job of of not making it more than it is. And what helped a lot too is the, is the coach's faith in me and the team's faith in me. And there there was there wasn't a flinch and, and guys were supportive, guys were, were rallying around me and, and it made made it that much easier. Robert, over the years in, in different sports, we've seen athletes sometimes come out of nowhere and, and put on great performances and never look back. If Mike plays at a, at a high level, is it possible that he could be a quarterback here long term? We'll go day to day, but anything's possible, right? Anything's possible. So it's it, it goes back to that whole theory of the difference between player A and player Z is an opportunity and reps. That's what this league is. That's professional sports. That's why they come out of nowhere. They Someone gets an opportunity. And what Mike does with his, his opportunity is he's got the world in front of him. He's just got to take advantage of it. An immense amount of faith in myself. And and uh, I think that I can go out there and, and execute the offense and move the offense. And today just was just an affirmation for it. But in my mind, I knew I was I was confident enough to be able to execute an offense. Mm, mm, mm. Tell you who there Mike White is. is. Mike White. Mike White is the king of New York. That's who Mike White is. Move over, Frank. Mike White is the new king of New York. And you know what? I want to give uh, my game ball to Robert Sala. I'm gonna give my game ball to Robert Sala. All right, because this is we're not talking about Why between the lines. We're not we're not talking about adjustments. We're not talking about game plan. We're not talking about strategy. We're talking about the game between us and them that takes place in the podium where your words matter game ball to Robert Sala for answering that question about Mike White's viability as a long term answer in the 100% proper fashion. That's exactly what you are supposed to say. Okay, because I don't give a damn what pick they took Zach Wilson with Mike White looked better in one start then Zach Wilson has looked all year long. And I'll be honest with you. When they traded for Joe Flacco, when they traded for Joe Flacco, I was like, damn, that's interesting. Mm -mm. Like, that was a criticism 
that they've been listening to all season about why don't they have a veteran backup, you know, some a mentor for Zach Wilson. Why don't they have a more viable backup to be able to pull Zach Wilson when he's throwing picks to be able to, you know, put his arm around him, explain to him what he may not be seeing since you threw him right out there. Well, I guess they knew what they had, or maybe they didn't know what they had. Hell, maybe they don't even know what they're doing when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks, because Michael, what's so funny about this for me personally is you know that I was pounding the table pre-draft to stick with the quarterback they had and do a better job of building around him. I, I was right, talking right. about another quarterback that was on the roster. I was talking about Sam Darnold. I wasn't talking about some dude named Mike White. The pride Mike of wait, White. let me check it school right. The pride of Western Kentucky. Mike White, fifth round pick of the Cowboys back in 2018. Mike White, because look, man, this is a what have you done for me lately game. And I know people love Zach Wilson coming out of BYU. But the thing about Zach Wilson, if you watch him, I know you've watched him, is Zach Wilson doesn't do the basic stuff right. Zach Wilson skips easy passes. Zach Wilson sales check downs. Zach Wilson is great for your highlight plays, which is where all y'all Patrick Mahomes. I said y'all you and Chris Sims and Tony Romo where all y'all Patrick oh, no. Mahomes stuff oh, no. came from in the pre draft process. Okay, he does this. He, he makes the splash plays. He's great off schedule, but he has never looked that poised and that efficient with the same supporting cast play. with That's the same supporting play right cast there. down Chris Davis as Mike White did yesterday. So if you're the New York Mike Jets, this is, a, this is a very Jets way of coming up on a quarterback. Very Jets way of coming up on a quarterback. Of course, the fifth round pick that was already on your roster would look better than the second overall pick. It was supposed to be the second coming. But if you're the New York Jets, you'd be foolish to say Zach Wilson is our quarterback. Not after this dude. Forget the 405 yards, Michael. For me, it's the 37, 37 of 45. It's the 37 completions for me. Yeah. More than it is the 405 yards. This kid's got something. And he showed more in one day than Zach Wilson has shown all season. All right, that's right. Okay, now, now you need to calm down. Okay, now you need to calm down about that because show me the lie. This is their second win of the year. All right, I'll tell you, I'll show, show me you the lie. lie. And we got it on film. Somebody we got it on film. We got it on film. All right. So this is their second win of the year, right? And it was a great win over the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that no, alone. No, we're not going to leave that alone. Too easy. Oh, no. No, we're not going to leave that alone. You're going to come back to that because, because I need you to come I, back to that. You, I, I need you to come back to the Bengals. But continue on Mike White. <laughs> no, I need to hear you today on the Bengals. Uh, I need to hear you today on the nah, Bengals. Nah. But after Mike White. All right. Mike White doing that thing. Look at that. Look at those week eight leaders. Put that back up. But first of all, put that back up. Look at bring that back. Bring that back. I want to see some Mike White. I, was, I want Mike White to get his due. He gets a brother from another game ball too. Mike White with more passing yards than than Tom Brady. That's just insane. In a win, and, and Tom Brady in a loss for this three seventy five. So this is their second win of the year. Their first win you remember was over the Tennessee Titans in overtime, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Zach Wilson, although he didn't have over four hundred yards passing was right. making some throws that only Zach Wilson can make. But that, yes. that's not even my point. My point is, Mike, let you want to talk about being consistent. You just said in the previous segment talking about going for it, right? Going mm -hmm. for it. But the Rams, you appreciate the Rams and the and the Bucks and the Nets and everybody who says, let's go cash it all in. I don't want to yep. be safe. I want to be aggressive. The opportunity's right here. Well, Zach Wilson embodies that as a quarterback for better or worse in year one. 
he'll be that and, and, and sometimes as a rookie when you don't quite know what you're doing. It can be messy. It looks a little mm-hmm. sloppy, but sure that sloppiness that you see in year one is going to be brilliance in year three or year four for Zach Maybe. Wilson, just I like it so. is just like it has been for Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, sometimes you got to live with that. You got to well, roll yeah, well, with year, it sometimes. Well, year one for Patrick, he sat and then he just played at the year end two. of the year and you saw those flashes. Year. year two, he was yeah, MVP. Yeah. But hold on for a second, though. Hold on for a second. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. I, I just don't want you to mischaracterize and misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not okay. saying that Zach Wilson's a bust. That's not what I'm saying. It's too early to declare Zach Wilson a bust. Okay. Right, I know that. I know. Oh, okay. But cool. you call I him, just want to make that clear. You're saying Mike White might be the quarterback for the Jets. No, Mike White's not. He that might player. be. Mike White. He might be. He's, he he but played even, quarterback but for the Jets, but he's not their quarterback. Even if he, even if he doesn't turn out to be their quarterback long term, it would behoove Robert Sala and the organization to be open-minded about it. Is what I'm talking about. I'm strictly talking about. Wait okay. for it. The possibility of the thing. And all I'm saying is, okay. you can't say, oh, this dude's just a flash in the pan. You don't know. He might be a one-hit wonder. He might have caught the Bengals off guard. The Bengals just might have bangled. And that and that be that. I, I don't know. What we do know is Zach Wilson has not looked good very often this season. He's had some great plays, but the routine plays he struggles with. Okay, I've been subjected far too often to watching Jets games living here in Connecticut. The routine plays he struggles with. Okay, and their offense has struggled all season for a variety of factors. Bam, Mike White comes in, the offense looks better than it has all year. And if he keeps this up, the Jets should not sit there and fall back on where this is the guy we drafted second overall. If the better player is Mike White. Who cares how we got there? That's all I'm committing him for is having an open mind about it. Robert Sala did not dismiss out of hand a quarterback controversy in New York. In fact, he fanned the flames of a quarterback controversy by giving that statement. And I applaud him for that because that's what he should do because the the best player going to play. And if the fifth round pick out of Western Kentucky is better than the second overall pick out of BYU, damn it, so be it. Yeah, thank you for the confidence. Uh, as Mike White says, thank you for believing in me. And thank you for the content, uh, Robert Sala, because this is just great. Every every columnist in New York is saying, oh, did he just, did this dude just do this? <laughs> okay, this is great. Now, um, we'll, we'll know, we'll know. The two of us, Mike, will know what's going on with Mike White. And you can uh, complete this sentence. Somebody say what? Thursday. Somebody say Thursday because on Thursday we've got Jets, Colts, and Mike White gets his second start and third opportunity because hey, just in last prime week, time. and this is impressive. This is impressive. Last week the Jets looked like they didn't belong in the NFL. They were terrible. Uh, yeah. this, if this were soccer, they would have been like what do they call that? Uh, relegated. Like relegated. No, something else. Re- relegated. relegated. Yeah, 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 relegated. Yeah, they would have been relegated. They gave up 54. They looked like clowns against the Patriots, a, a team that was under 500 at the time. And so Mike White did not look impressive uh, in, in, in relief of Zach Wilson. First start looks great. Now they got some film on him against those Bengals, one of the best teams in football, the Bengals. Um, 
No, get no, get no, get no. Get them I jokes told you. Okay, okay, wait. There's, I told I you. Wait, hold on. Petty. Before you go in. Before I'm you go in. Petty. No, I want you to go in. But before you go in, just acknowledge. Just what happened was an atrocity, and I want you to acknowledge it. I just want you to acknowledge yeah. that that penalty on Mike Hilton was a joke. Horrible. That was one of the worst calls I've seen in Horrible. a long time. That was an awful call. We can't have it. was it. also some questionable play calling on the part of uh, Zach Taylor late, but I don't care how you want to slice it. The Bengals blew an 11 point lead to the frickin Jets and some dude named Mike White making his first start. They let some dude named Mike White in his first start throw for more yards than any Jet had since Vinny Testaverde in 2000 and any player has in his debut not named Cam Newton. Okay, that's what the Bengals did. That's what my Cincinnati Bengals did to me. And I was like, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You don't want to. You gotta be kidding me. No, no, because I still think they're legit. But how you gonna go from beating the brakes off Baltimore to losing to the damn Jets? Of course. Why you? Why you acting weird to me? Why you acting weird to me, New York or or, or, or Cincinnati? How can you do this to me, knowing that I gotta come here and listen to Michael Holly get these jokes off? Proceed. All I all I'm gonna say to you, I'll just leave your desk. I know we got company. But no, go ahead. Company, no, you deserve it. You deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Speak, speaking of company, like when you got when you got kids, when you bring kids into the house, some of those kids have bad habits. You claim them like, no, he all right. He all right. No, he got some bad. He got some filthy habits. Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals are that kid. They ain't never been talked to right. They ain't, they ain't been raised right. So they do some stuff. And you're like, well, wait a minute. You can't do that here. Well, who taught you? Who taught you how to do that? <laughs> so that's what they did yesterday. Just that incorrigible kid. Go outside, and, you know, didn't play well in the timeout cloud and the timeout uh, crowd. I know this ain't gonna play well. Go outside and get something. Go outside and get something and bring it back in here because you ain't been taught well. I ain't gonna spoil the rod on you. Go get a switch. I mean, that's that's right this league, man. That's this league. That's sports and that's this league. I get it. And it's on the road. It's the Jets. They get paid too. Okay, they got players. They got look. Mike White might be the real deal. This might be. We might look back on this and not be. If this might not be a, 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 an indictment or an exposure of the Bengals as frauds, but a revelation of Mike White is the real deal. For all we know, it might be. It might just be a case where they got outplayed. And, they, and how many times have you had some ugly team that you just kept letting let hang around <laughs> and they let the Jets hang around and right. overcome this 11-point lead or deficit? And I don't know what Zach Taylor was thinking throwing in the situation where he was when, when Joe Burrow got uh, through the pick. But, I mean, listen, I, look, I deserve it. Mike, I deserve anything you got to give because for the last several weeks, I've been beating my chest about the Bengals in general and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase in particular and here they go and do this well, to me. So yeah, but it's, it's a lot more to overcome. Like Joe Burrow is excellent. Uh, Jamar Chase is too. They got a lot more to overcome there. Uh, by the way, style point style style point Mike. I don't know if you agree with this and if Jets fans agree with it. Stick with the green helmet. The green helmet with the Jets going across. Oh, that's very nice. A little better than the white, the white primary with the green accent. Let's turn it back, go back to the old school, you know, Richard Todd, green but helmet, seriously, Ken O'Brien. Isn't it such a Jets? Isn't it such a Jets thing? Isn't it, a, isn't, it, isn't it so Jet-like to maybe have come up on your quarterback this route? I mean, I'm I'm not rooting against Zach Wilson, 
But man, oh man, like, Woo! can you? I, I I want them to have a difficult decision to make, because they because that quarterback they have never had first world problems. If they got a prospect with the with the potential of Zach Wilson, and now they got Mike White. You Mike know what White. it reminds me of? You know what it reminds me of? It, it, it's different, obviously, much 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 different. Oh, you go on here. You go on here. I know you're gonna Cousins. do it. RG three and Kirk Cousins. Okay. And I know RG3 got hurt. I don't mean to open up old wounds. RG3 got hurt. He was mismanaged. You know, he was put out there when he shouldn't have been. I get all of that. But they had Kirk Cousins, and it turned out that he was a pretty solid player catch. in his own right. And he can catch. And Mike White can, he can still catch special. Philly special. He was feeling himself yesterday. Let Jets fans enjoy this is what I'm saying. They don't usually have reasons to celebrate at the quarterback position. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. I, mean, I had a sense it was probably coming. I mean, all week I took, you know, everything in practice. Um, so you, you had more sense of this is real than usual. Um, so I had a pretty good feeling um, just based on kind of where he was all week. And, you know, all week you prepare like you're playing, so it wasn't wasn't a huge deal. What were the nerves like, and when did you kind of feel like you settled in? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't crazy. I, um, I felt like I belonged out there. You know, you're in the huddle, breaking the huddle, getting to the line. And going through your processes, it didn't feel overwhelming at all. And I think, <clears throat> you know, I haven't played a lot, but, you know, being around the NFL, you're, you're practicing against those guys every day, and our defense is pretty good. Hey, you know, Charles Robinson uh, is here now for his uh, usual Monday notebook emptying segment. Uh, Michael, when we've been talking about the best teams in the NFC, um, you remember I kept talking about the balance that the Cowboys had balance on both sides of the ball balance on offense where I felt like they were the team um, one of the few teams whose quarterback did not have to be exceptional in order for them to win and that they took it to a different extreme last night with that Dak Prescott sitting out with the calf injury Cooper Cup stepping in throwing for 325 um, but I know I'm preaching to the choir to Charles Robinson who's probably no, you're preaching on to the hat. You well, no, but, hat, I, but, I, but, but I know that look. I know that posture. The deadline is a day away. So Charles Robinson is multitasking right now, which is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine with me. It's the day after NFL Sunday. If, if, if you got something, Charles, feel free to drop it right here in real time. But we'll right get here. to the back row picture of the Cowboys momentarily. But I got to ask you this, Chuck. You too, Michael. I want to know what was more notable for you last night? That the Cowboys won... A low-scoring game without Dak Prescott, as I just alluded to, uh, with Cooper Rush, no less. Or that Mike Zimmer, and by extension the officials, don't seem to understand how timeouts work. Uh, getting a, a defensive delay a game, and they're the only team in the NFL this year to be called for that, because it happened again earlier this year when they tried to call a timeout that they didn't have. Getting a defensive delay a game, and then the officials 
awarding the timeout only to punish the Vikings for something that they shouldn't have done and make it in the third and 11 versus the third and 16. Y'all watched the game last night. Like we shouldn't even be talking about a Cowboys victory right now, Charles. So what was the more notable thing? The Cowboys surviving without Dak or the Vikings once again finding new and creative ways to shoot themselves in the foot. The most notable thing was that you are on the go- you're at the goal line and your OC says Let's have Cooper Rush throw a fade 50-50 ball to the back of the end zone <laughs> rather, <laughs> right. rather, rather than hand it to Zeke Elliott, yeah. who, had, yeah. who had just split two defenders and fought his way yeah. to a first down. The confidence, yeah. the stones on your OC to go, nah, we won't run it in with the running back. We're paying $18 million a year. <laughs> right. let's, let's take the backup quarterback who – you know, really no experience to speak of up until this point. Yeah, let's not rush it. Let's get a ball to rush. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let, let's uh, let's give it a let's uh, let's take a prime time game and let's yeah. throw a, a fade to the back of the end zone. Now, granted, it's to Mari Cooper, but still a 50 50 fade. I was I couldn't believe it when he dropped back and he started to like literally cocked his arm. I'm like, what the hell are they doing right now? <laughs> It was unbelievable. That that game was. Oh, by the way, like the Vikings. Remember the go-ahead field goal came really on the strength of three penalties that were really iffy. Okay, like you know, I could see the the you know the rough in the passer on Randy Gregory was a joke. I could see maybe getting a guy for peeling somebody off the pile the way that he did, but you know, and then and then the hit you know going out of bounds. It just I don't know, man. I don't know what guys are supposed to do anymore to, to you know, play on defense and, and not draw flags. But I, I somebody pointed out to me, I had forgotten this. I was, uh, when I was in Cowboys camp in 2018, I, I tweeted out, I, I, would, I would not be surprised, actually, let me, let me see if I can get the exact tweet here. I said, I bet all three Dallas quarterbacks will be in the NFL eight plus years. The three quarterbacks were Dak Prescott, Mike White, Cooper Rush. I think I think I'm on schedule. Okay, okay, quarterback <laughs> whisper. Okay, quarterback whisper. All right. In, so in case, in case you missed it. Well, I mean, listen, <laughs> we could we could we could we could spend a bunch of time on the Cowboys. We know they're good. Let's let's be efficient with our time. We know they're good. We know they're one of the best teams in the NFC. We know they got offense, defense, running game, and they got quarterback depth. Come to find out, Mike White. We, we just finished talking about Mike White. How'd you feel about how Robert? Before Sala, we get there. Don't, don't don't go to Mike White yet, because real quick, real quick, you got a trade. I want to. Yeah, I want to ask something. I want to ask Charles something on the cow. No, 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 not breaking news. I want to ask uh, Charles something on the Cowboys, because of what you guys are just talking about, the coaching and 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 not understanding situations. I'm gonna ask you this because I'm going somewhere. Charles, give me the two, the two best coaches in the NFC. Two best head coaches in the NFC are who? Two best coaches in the NFC. What, what what exactly are we looking for here? Because I mean, my, they might not be in this, the playoff this, picture right now. <laughs> uh, my, my, my point. Well, well where, I would take I would where take I'm Sean going Payne is and, just, and Kyle Shanahan. I like those two guys. So let's just okay. Me. See, perfect, perfect example, perfect example. And Mike, you tell me if I've if I'm gone if I've gone too far here. I I told you, uh, Mike Smith, a couple of weeks ago. That I like the Cowboys, but their weakness, I thought, was their head coach, Mike McCarthy. 
But as I look at some of these NFC coaches and really coaches coaching in general, I think we may have overrated the 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 game awareness uh, like just awareness of a clock with the head coaching position because you mentioned Sean Payton. Sean Payton has had some really curious moments, including yesterday with the clock. Mike um, Kyle Shanahan, yeah. Kyle Shanahan. I'll, I'll leave that alone. We go, but we can go back a little bit with Kyle Shanahan <laughs> and the clock. So yeah, Mike yes. McCarthy. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I can stick to that hot take that Mike McCarthy is a weakness. It, his weakness might just blend in with the rest of his peers in the conference mm-hmm. and in the NFL. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, I, there's a time I'm yelling at my TV, Mike Vrabel's, you know, not using timeouts. And, you know, there's, I, I, I think every single one of these um, coaches, not every single one of them, but all these notable coaches, we could definitely trace back to, see, pe- most people forget about Kyle and some of the things that happened in that Super Bowl against um, the Patriots. People forget how that game was being called and what, hand Kyle had in it and and the clock management aspect of it. Um, I would say that in general, uh, play calling is probably uh, a better strength now of many coaches in the NFL, but I think timeouts continue to be um, the bugaboo for a lot of of these individuals. You know, Mike McCarthy, I I have stopped – kind of harping on him about that because I'm like, look how, how look, look at the season they're having. Like I'm, I can't, I'm not going to keep nitpicking the guy. Yes. Clock management was an issue for him in green Bay. Yes. It's, it's been weirdly an issue at times in Dallas for him. Um, but they're also playing really well. And if it comes to bear, it comes to bear, but I, I don't get it. Like, it's just a weird, it's such a, and, and they're we're talking about really experienced coaches. It's they're not new guys, right? They're not new at this job. And yet, and, and that's the one fundamental thing about the NFL that has not changed. There's always been the clock. There's always been a way to use timeouts, right? Like, it's not like we invented something new um, in, in terms of time management. And I don't know that analytics really changes. I mean, I, I guess somewhat there's certain aspects of the clock that analytics changes, but I don't know. Speaking of time management, uh, let's sneak in this break. Uh, as usual, Charles, we got too much to cover in too little time. Yeah, uh, okay. sneak in this break, and uh, you check your phone. And uh, we're gonna talk about Mike White. Yeah, check we're gonna it. talk about uh, the trade deadline, Give us some scoops. Uh, which is already uh, off to the races with Von Miller moving to the Rams. Um, so, Charles, do your thing, and we'll do our thing. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Shade once saying every day is Christmas and every night is New Year's Eve. Well, you guys know that my mm. Christmas is the draft. Uh, my New Year's is the trade deadline. Um, so it's the day before the deadline. We've already seen Von Miller moved to the Rams. Um, yesterday, Odell Beckham called a pass for six yards. 
Um, clearly an odd fit in Cleveland. Charles, you broke down all the challenges with moving him in his contract uh, in your column on Yahoo. Um, so just you're looking at your phone. You've been you've, you've been in touch with GMs. You, you know, you're, you're, well, you're working on who, who's so, going to be moved. What other big names might get moved between now well, and tomorrow? I was texting somebody about Vaughn Miller and, and someone very keenly pointed out to me. Hey, everybody forgets, and this is the Rams here, they have they have like five compensatory picks this year. Yeah. So they, yeah. they, don't, they didn't lose all their picks. They don't, like everyone's like, oh, they don't have picks until the fifth round. They actually have five compensatories coming, including right. in the third, the fourth. I mean, they're going to have um, – uh, anyway, I apologize. Sorry. What was the what was the question again? I'm sorry. I kind of flaked. No, that, no, that's no, that's that's an astute observation. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. They've not only had they hit on later round picks, they got the they got the third for Brad Holmes going to Detroit as well. You know what I mean? So they got yeah, yeah. They, they, yep. they they're working the system. But I was just asking, what other big names can we expect to be moved uh, between now and 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow? Um, well, there's a lot of Kyle Fuller talk right now, the corner for the Broncos, because now that Vaughn has been moved. Um, mm-hmm. The thought process is okay. They're they're clearing some salary here, and they could and and you know for them they actually got something out of on in you know a contract that's expiring this year. Now they're they're you know essentially looking at the same situation with Kyle Fuller. The question is, are the it's sort of like okay, what are the Cowboys going to do? They're like right now, um, when you text around, people are like, are the Cowboys going to make a move? Like, is this sort of a, a, a counter move coming? Um, maybe Melvin Ingram from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, who salary-wise could fit uh, for the for the Cowboys? Could it be uh, Kyle Fuller? Kyle Fuller, not so. I mean, in terms of what he still do, it, it'd be tough for the Cowboys to do that. They'd have to restructure a little bit, move some money around to fit like a Kyle Phil, uh, Fuller. Um, but those are uh, Ingram and Fuller are two guys that that people are uh, definitely trolling around right now. I, I know you talked about Odell coming in. Yeah, it's that would just, be a. There's no, there's nothing there. Yeah. There's just, I mean, with Odell, yeah, there's no, no market. No, there's no market for him. I mean, he's due about $8 million. Wow. He's got a, he re, remaining this year, $8 million remaining. Um, right. The shoulder injury, the, the uh, coming off the ACL, the fact that he's, you know, done nothing in that offense, you can say it's fit. Yeah. Some of it has been Baker's fault. I think some of it's fit, some of it's Odell, but it's just a situation where, I think if the Browns could get anything for him, they would. They would move on from him so that they could then take yeah. that $8 million and roll, roll it into next season. It's just a bad fit. And, I, and I, here's the thing about Odell. Um, he has not been, when we hear his name, we still, and, and this speaks to how good he was the first three years of his career, we're still seeing 2016 Odell in our heads. Okay, like he's and and I'm not saying that Odell can't be that player, but he's only played, I think, 44 of his last 74 possible games. Like he could have appeared in 74 games, including the postseason last year. He's only played in 44. He's he's hurt a lot. Um, I don't know that he is still the immaculate one on one matchup that he was um, prior to all the injuries. We just don't know. And so I think that's really affected the ability to be able to move him. And there's 
a lot of wide receivers available nowadays. Well, you yeah. either in the draft or trade or whatever, you can go and get a lot of wide receivers now. What I, that's what I was going to mention, whether it's Allen Robinson, Devontae Parker, Slayton, Brandon Cooks, De, uh, Deshaun yeah. Jackson. Seems like a lot of wide receivers are on the market as well. But I guess one quick follow-up I just wanted on a trade deadline is like, look, you know, I got my mouth all watered. Uh, for some hash, and you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want you to leave me with swallow orange juice between now and tomorrow. Given how top heavy the NFC is, with all these one-loss teams, and conversely, given how wide open the AFC looks, could a could a move like Von Miller to the Rams could that spark something of an arms race at this trade deadline? Um, I I would like to say yes, but the uh, the problem is you have, as I said, even though there's a lot of cap space, so there's a lot of actually there's going to be a healthy cap jump next year. Okay, so a lot of teams are going to have cap space. Um, The problem is because 2023 triggers the TV money and cap jumps of 20 million dollars every year starting in, in 2023. Teams are staring out into the abyss and they're saying, you know what? it's not just elite level contracts anymore. All these mid-level contracts are going to start to take jumps. So the way that teams are now looking to get ahead of the salary cap, it used to just be get ahead of the quarterback contract or get ahead of the, you know, your best defensive player contract. No, now you want to get ahead of every contract, like your mid-tier contracts. You're going to see teams really trying to push to extend even mid-tier players um, this coming off season because they know the, the system's going to be so flush with money starting next year and then rolling into that 20 a year. So basically what I'm saying is the reason why it's, I think it's going to be a quieter trade deadline, even with the, the Von Miller deal, is because teams are trying to conserve whatever little cap space that they have and roll as much forward as possible so they can be uber aggressive this coming off season, inking as many guys as possible. Uh-huh. You know what, uh, Charles? I'm so mad at Mike Smith for that. Uh, you catch that shot a line at the beginning of this segment. So all I have in my head now is shot a lyrics, and he's talking about Christmas is better with this. Christmas is better with shot a period. I, you know, but anyway, uh, these shot a lyrics. I'm thinking, sitting here waiting for you would be like waiting for winter. And I'm thinking of that line, and I'm thinking Good of line. the Deshaun Watson trade that I've been waiting on. That's not going to happen now. Apparently, <laughs> we learned that over the weekend. Officially, we learned it over the weekend, Michael. And I'm just wondering, what happened, Charles? Why, why did it break down? Why isn't it going to be happening before tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern? I mean, this. I, I if it if it does not happen, I you know, is there potential for someone to cave in the next 23 hours, 22 hours? Yeah, um, I don't think it's going to happen. But um, spoke to someone. Um, well, I don't want to say what team. <laughs> I'm not going to say what team. I yeah. spoke to someone who, who who would know, and they cast a significant amount of doubt that Watson is not on the Texans roster Wednesday. Um, I think it, it's the same thing that we talked about in, in August. It was there. No one's going to blink on this whole idea of protections or adjusting compensation, right? Like it's just not going to happen. And then when we got into this whole thing where you had not just Stephen Ross and the Dolphins wanting Deshaun to um, settle the, the civil suits, but also the Houston Texans who are like, settle the civil suits so we can figure out how to move forward from that. Um, that was just never going to happen. Like it, it just, it wasn't. And, and frankly, I don't know that it was even possible to get a global settlement done because 
you don't know for a fact that you have every single plaintiff in this in this uh, in these civil suits wants to to settle or is even opening to settle. Some of them may want to go and have their day in court. Uh, there's just so much stuff going on. Too many and, moving parts. Too many moving parts. Yeah, and look, look, this Miami had to basically that. Miami had to go. Okay, we're you know what? Fine, we're going to give you full price. We're not going to ask for protections. Yeah. We're going to just completely cave. Or Houston was going to go. Okay, we get it. Here are these pick protections, or yeah, we just gotta we gotta we gotta do what we gotta do to move them off yeah. the roster. The Houston, uh, let me real quick. I will tell you, Houston's standpoint right now is we've come this far. Like we've come this far at this point. It's not done. Why would we all of a sudden change how we're approaching this now? And they're starting to think that if if anything gets resolved between now and April, they're looking at it and saying. We're going to be able to have a multitude of teams potentially come to the table if Deshaun loses. Look, there's a possibility Brian Flores might get fired in Miami. It, it's well, possible that's what I was that could say. happen. That's like, what that I was going to say. Wow. And that he's changes been, everything. He's been so hell-bent on Miami all along. Where does Carolina crap came from? I have no idea. Probably from the Texans. But it's always been Miami, Miami, Miami. That's always been the situation from Watson's standpoint. And what's interesting is that one, what are they, one and, se- one and seven now? Whatever they are. One and seven. Is, seven. Yeah, one and seven now. The whole landscape could change. It took the words right out of my mouth because he wants them. They may not be around to want him back, at least at the administration right. under Stephen Ross. Real quick before we let you go, because uh, we got to keep moving. Um, just want, because Michael and I were, were having a great time talking about this Mike White story. You referenced him earlier. Robert Sala leaving the door open for if Mike White plays at a high level. Him yeah. perhaps being a long-term quarterback. What would you make of that? It's awesome. Like that's great. Like that's that is. I I think that's perfect. I think and and I think that he has in terms of the general manager Joe Douglas. I think Joe Douglas is like, yeah, you know, that's fine. Like don't 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 de-escalate competition. Don't de-escalate. Like don't take things off the table. Like that's fine. Yeah. Be be a coach. Be encourage um, doing the things that are best for the team not the things that are best for public relations, you know, and you do get teams that are sitting there and they go, no, protect the pick, protect, you know, uh, protect the, the value of the choice, or we don't want to look wrong. No win. <laughs> if you win, mm-hmm. you, if you never look wrong, really, if you win. And even if you do look a little wrong, you look progressive by saying what we really care about is playing the best players and the best players are playing. That's and exactly we're winning right. games. Like no, no one's going to care. Like if, if, if all of a sudden Mike White steps in and this is indicative, what do you go, 37 to 45? Like if that's really Mike White. 37 to 45. Yeah. Yeah. If that's, if that's like real Mike White, Jets fans should be A, overjoyed that, that they exactly. have a quarterback who's capable of doing that. And then B, you know, look, that's fine. You still can have an asset. You can still have, you know, it, right. it didn't didn't just lose something because Zach Wilson maybe gets beat out. But we are, by the way, we're, this is one game here, okay? That's okay. Don't pump nobody breaks. Don't you dare pump. That's not what we do. That's not what we do here. We have to anoint Mike White as the king of New York. He is the king of New York, okay? King for a the king of information. We appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. And if something happens between now and 5 o'clock, fire that up again and come back on and break it down for us if you can, okay? All right, sounds good, guys. Have a good one. All right, be good. We got four rookies playing significant roles on our offense. It wasn't fluid sledding early on. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen consistent signs of improvement. Maybe you guys will start believing us. 
<laughs> look, man. Look. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm always down, uh, Mike Smith, from Mike Tomlin's sound. Always about it. It's uh, it's enjoyable, no matter what he's talking about. But I couldn't disagree with him more here. It is not the job of the Pittsburgh media, the uh, East Coast media, the national media, international media, to believe in the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know they've got a pretty good track record. We know Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. We know he's very good at what he does. But it makes it even better if you have some doubt going into a game with the Cleveland Browns where the Browns are favored to beat the Steelers. They were ahead of them going into that game in the standings. And this is one of those rare cases where the where Steelers beating the Browns is considered an upset despite Ben Roethlisberger's record and by extension Mike Tomlin's record. And despite the Browns. the Browns stinking on offense. Right. We can see it though. Couldn't you see this coming? Couldn't you see this coming a mile away? I think we may have even mentioned it last week that, oh yeah, this is the kind of week where the Steelers step up, especially since Tomlin had his very theatrical, very entertaining response to the USC question. Hmm. There's There are two ways to go with that. They go out, the Steelers go out and win, or it's a distraction and they lose by 30. I think we all knew they were going to beat the Browns. Not a surprise. You? No, no, I don't know about that. Ooh, well, I'll say this. You speaking of stuff that you can see coming, speaking of stuff that you can see coming, I can see a run coming. If if we, if the Steelers are to be believed and believed in, uh, you know, you hate to look at the schedule in, in the NFL. Ask the Bengals about that. But they get the Bears at home Monday night. They get the Lions at home the following Sunday. Then they go to the Chargers, who we don't know what the freaking Chargers are now. Talking about, you know, crowning them too prematurely. Or, or maybe that's just a testament to the Patriots growing and maturing. But nonetheless, yeah. um, the next few weeks, they could, they could string together some wins before they got to face off against the Bengals and Steelers. Excuse me, Bengals and Ravens in back-to-back weeks at the end of November, beginning of December. Um, so, no, I, I can't say that I definitely saw it coming, um, even though they won back-to-back, albeit against the Broncos and Seahawks. So, that as, as talented and as good as that Steelers defense is, they have benefited from running up against some, shall we say, challenged offensive outfits. And yesterday, man, like, just looking at yesterday's game, you know, look, you play who's in front of you, and it ain't their fault that the Browns uh, are not living up to the preseason hype. Talk about stuff we should have saw coming. Browns are also beat up. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Browns yes. are also beat up. Yes. But they're lucky. Steelers are lucky to have survived yesterday because that was a one-score victory, 15-10, to 10, in which Mike Tomlin called for a fake field goal that almost got his kicker killed, got him knocked out of the game. But it wasn't just... The fake field goal, which, okay, you're being aggressive. Okay, that's fine. If it works, you're a genius. If it doesn't, blah, blah, okay, whatever, whatever. Wasn't just that. It was, I don't know that they thought through the operation enough. Because it nearly bit him in the ass in the form of, they don't have a backup kicker. The punter doesn't kick off or place kick. Okay? Ben Roethlisberger is the emergency holder But in this case, they didn't want to put the emergency holder as in the starting quarterback at risk because the usual holder, who is the punter, I believe, who 
doesn't kick or kick off might kick Ben Roethlisberger's hands and his hands may end up looking like Matt Ryan's hands looked yesterday. Right. So long story short, they can't attempt any extra points or field goals. So they're forced to go for two, not to mention kicking it off out of bounds, giving a, giving them field position. So I think they were looking at Roethlisberger as the emergency holder in the event that something happened to the holder, not the kicker. So they might have to go rethink this whole, you know, kicking operation. Bottom line is well, this. If Cleveland were any better, if Cleveland were any better on offense, okay, and I know they beat up. Okay, okay. But if Cleveland were, if it was a fifth, fine. If my aunt was, a, you know, my uncle, I, get, yeah, I know right, all of that. Yeah, yeah, I know all of that. I know all of that. Right, 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 right. I say yeah, all that yeah, to say yeah, that, yeah. look, that was a, that was a, that was a, that was a very Steelers-like, workman-like, lunch pail victory yesterday. And Pittsburgh's won three in a row, and you are what your record says you are, and I get it. But I don't know how much to eat my words about the Steelers, about this, this being a year that things kind of fall apart. Shout out to Chua no, and, no, Achebe and the Roots. I don't know if I should eat my words yeah. just yet. Um, and could this be a repeat of last year where the, where the Steelers were just not as good as their record last year? And we saw that down the stretch. And we, saw, we certainly saw it in the playoffs. Like, they may stack up some wins coming up here, but I don't know that they're that good. Like, they still have some flaws there. Ben Roethlisberger didn't all of a sudden dip his toe in the fountain of youth and become a better or younger, different quarterback. I think they're, right. they're benefiting from some inept opponents right now. They can't do anything about that, and they should not well, apologize for right. that. But I'm not about to sit up here and say, "Oh my bad," the Steelers, you know, they're 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 a threat. I don't know. I don't know yet. I gotta wait. I want to wait and see on this one. A, a few things on this one. Last year they didn't have this little situation going on here in the first, you know, weeks two through five, you know, or two through four. All those losses. Yeah, they won. They won their so first one. Eleven last year. What, 9, well, 10, be, 11, somewhere in there. Might have been 11, but, yeah. But, but remember, <laughs> even when they were winning games last year, Mike Tomlin they kept were like saying, ugly I don't and close. like the way we're playing. Yep. Yeah, you know, all these things, until he came up with this great quote at the end of the year, we, are, we were a club, we were a ball club that died on the vine. I love that. Yeah. Thank you very much, yeah. uh, Mike. But here, here's, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how the cliche goes. Is it something like, Necessity is the mother of invention. Is something like that? That's exactly that it. it. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's it. That's All it. Right. That's what. That's so spot on. We had Mike White. We had Mike White catching a touchdown pass yesterday. You know, I, not not that that was a huge. Uh, they'll go to that two point conversion. Week, but you had a quarterback. It was a two point conversion, but yeah. You had a quarterback. Yeah, none, none, oh yeah, yeah, catching a pass, catching a pass, a, yeah. a scoring play yeah. for Mike White, the quarterback. Yeah. We've seen many coaches. Who have put offensive linemen uh, in, in, in as fullbacks and guys who switch mm-hmm. positions? We yeah. saw you covered Troy Brown and went from a wide receiver to a cornerback and yeah. had over 250 snaps as a corner, as a wide receiver. Point is, look, you figure it out. You figure it out. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat up Mike Tomlin because his kicker took a hit that wasn't dirty. It took a hit. It was really a hit to the it chest. It wasn't. It could have been it dirty. Yeah, it could have been roughing. It looked a little excessive, especially it's the way they call it nowadays. It's only roughing because it's 2021. Maybe, but bottom really line, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't call the play. I mean, you look, figure you, it you, out, you, though. Yeah, but they couldn't figure you it figure out. Figure it out. They had to, they couldn't. They were compromised. I'm saying they were fortunate to get out of there with a win yesterday. They were compromised. So they were compromised. They could not kick. You know what that means, Mike? Because they didn't have a backup kicker 
and the emergency holder couldn't hold because the punter they were scared he's gonna kick his hands. I'm not making this up. This is what happened. So they were going for two it, it even after a holding penalty from the 12 yard line. They were going for they had they were forced to Let go for two. That could have bit them in the ass if the if the Browns had scored more than 17 points in a game. And yesterday they scored 10. Shout out okay. to the Steelers defense. I, I, you know, a tip of I, the hat. This is what I tell the Steelers like. defense. This, okay, uh, a couple of things. A couple of things. One, you had two compromised teams going at it yesterday because the Browns were banged up and the Steelers were banged up. So it was even. So it was a level playing mm-hmm. field, and and the Steelers won on the shores of Lake Erie. But you know, I feel like I just got a, I feel like I, I got a taste of what, what Savannah, and, and, and Mason. And Maya have to put up with from dad oh, because oh, if shit. my theme is don't be if, bringing if, oh my yeah kids here we go this, don't be bringing my kids hey, no hold on <laughs> stay out of my hold house on. okay hold on I'm in your now house right now I'm, now you didn't go too far I'm in yeah, your house you, every day you, you are I'm in your house every day look if if, if Michael Holly is the hold on to the draft picks and what about the future and all that stuff and and you know you got to think about it. Michael Smith is listen, you got out of that situation, but you know what could have happened and I'm and I'm disappointed in you and what you done what you did and what could have happened because you you beating up Mike Tomlin on what could have happened yesterday. You beat up the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson for what could have happened when they got their franchise record that you think nobody cares about, but they care about only in Baltimore. I don't care what could have happened. I know what did happen. The Steelers won a tough divisional game over an opponent hmm. they weren't expecting. That's interesting to beat. you say that. And now, and now they're going that arrow. That's interesting you say that. We're going up because you forget book. that I got a tape recorder for a brain. Because you the same so and so almost cussed just now. You the same so and so the ahead, morning cuss. after or, or the, the day after the Ravens beat the Chiefs. Oh, they can't replicate that. They can't expect to win games that way all the time. So okay, like uh, we both we both move goalposts when it's convenient. I'm not saying look yeah. coulda woulda shoulda. I'm saying have a better contingency plan in place. Just have a better contingency plan. Did he did he think that his kicker was going to get knocked out when he called the play? Of course not. But since he did, they had no way of kicking off, let alone kicking field goals or extra points, and against a better opponent that could have compromised them. I'm not about to hear about to sit up here waving a terrible towel because you're beating the Broncos, Seahawks, and Browns. Not yet. Love Mike Tomlin. Love the Steelers organization. I know he's never had a losing season. Okay, but what I also know okay. is the Browns are crap, and they got a bunch of problems in Cleveland: injuries, personnel personality, whatever you want to call it. They got issues in Cleveland okay. and they're going to beat a crap Bears team next week and then a crap Lions team the week after that. So they'll be sitting up here at I guess what did that make them five and two or six and two whatever that would make them or six and three whatever that would make them at the time their record to me may not be representative of how good they actually are or Bill Parcells. You are what your record says you are. We got to yeah, go to break. You, you got know, anything look, to say on, hey. out, on the out on the way yeah. out since you're talking about me and my yeah. parenting skills. On, on the- yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, your parenting skills. I'm sure you've done a great job. You've done a wonderful job there. Like, you know what? We're all we're all proud of you. You know, it's it's, it's been awesome. And Ringo's proud of but you. But I tell you, uh, Mike Tomlin is saying, "Let's get through this game against the Browns, which we always do. So we'll figure it out against the Browns. Our kicker is out, and then 
and you know, we'll sign a kicker because I think we can sign a kicker in the National Football League. We'll get a kicker uh, did, for uh, next week. Is it that e- is it that easy? Okay. Yeah. Not in this yeah. league. Yes, it is. And I, not yes, this year. Not in this league. Oh, no, you it ain't. No, hell it ain't. Lord, a hell it ain't. They don't make extra points, let alone field goals most of them nowadays. But not, again, resilient win on the and, part of the Steelers. Character win. And on if the part we don't of, find the standard kicker, is the standard. Yes. And if we don't find a kicker, uh, maybe our kicker can heal and get us through the games against the Bears and the Lions, and he'll be back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Tough game. Um, Good team, but we didn't obviously play the way we're capable, and i got to play better, so bad throws. (laughs) Bad throws. I just threw it to the wrong guy, so I had Mike open. Cost us a game. I got to not throw interceptions. That's the key. How last year you guys went into the bye week on a downturn and lost three out of four, and we always kind of used this time off to bounce back. Is, is there a key to this team doing the same and coming back different? Yeah, I mean, we we'll, we got a lot of fighters, so going in there, battle back, try to do better next week. Or maybe the Saints just own Tom Brady, at least in the regular season. Um, yeah. You know, going into the year when uh, Jameis Winston uh, was named a starter, I remember saying that while the Bucks are my Super Bowl pick, uh, I could see the Saints winning the NFC South. Um, hmm. Speaking of, the, you know, should have seen it coming. I, I, I could see the Saints coming. Um, but I find myself asking, like, who the hell are these guys right now? I didn't see these Saints contending for the NFC South. Uh, this, this this current iteration of the Saints contending for the NFC South. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, first of all, their defenses don't patrol-ish. Let's call it that. The defense is Ish. legit. They play defense right. on the bayou. Yeah. Uh, we know about Alvin Kamara. Um, but for Trevor Simeon, of all people, on a day of the backup quarterback, with apologies to Mike White and Cooper Rush, we've seen enough of Trevor Simeon to know that Trevor Simeon ain't good. For Trevor Simeon, not only to step in and pilot that team to victory over Tom Brady and his four touchdown passes, but three turnovers, but not just pilot him to victory, throwing to Garrett Griffin, Kevin White, who hadn't caught a pass in three years, and Alex Arma, okay, is nothing short of, of mind-blowing that they were able to win this game. And in spite of Sean Payton at the end, you alluded to it earlier, Throwing the ball and at, at the end and getting a field goal and leaving Tom Brady with a minute forty one seconds and and a timeout, but he must have knew that PJ Williams was going to be right there um, to to return a pick six against Tom Brady. So Sean Payton knew all along. Just how just how we drew it up. Point being, man, is like I felt like Jameis Winston, who tore his ACL and damaged his MCL. Jameis Winston dancing in the locker room on crutches, that viral video that happened post-game. Uh, Jameis Winston dancing uh, on crutches is symbolic 
um, because we could, I could be sick for Jameis Winston. I know you're sick for Jameis Winston. We all thought this would be the year he got mm-hmm. his career back on track. I'm sick for Jameis Winston, but I don't feel sorry for the Saints. I don't feel sorry for the Saints because they danced through it all. They counted all joy. They're on their third kicker. You're talking about finding kickers. They're on kicker number three this year. Right. All the injuries that they've had, hit or sit, here they sit at five and two, figuring it out. Sean Payton's already like, I'm not going outside and getting a quarterback. You know, forget that. I'm going with Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill. I also thought they'd be a two-quarterback team. Didn't know it would happen this way. They're going to need Taysom Hill when he comes back. And it would not surprise me if Ian Book, who I liked a lot at Notre Dame, if Ian Book found, found his way on the field mm. and held it down, given the supporting cast that's around him, maybe Michael Thomas ends up coming back, you know, sooner rather than later. But this is a tough football team, man. They're a tough team. They're well-coached. And... They keep they're well managed. They're well general managed by Mickey Loomis. Where the hell are they fighting these dudes? Kevin White. Oh my God. Yeah. Kevin White. Like who knew? You know, I feel like Charles Barkley. He's still in the league. Who he play for? Kevin White plays for the Saints. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, De- yeah, uh, who he played for? Deontay Harris, hey. Marquez Callaway. I mean, they, oh my God. Like how how the hell did they beat the Bucks? That's what they do down there in New Orleans. Man, you talking about doing the five oh four. I did 504 shout out 504 you talked about them being well managed and well coached they're also well read because that deep on that defense you got shout out Malcolm Jenkins shout out to Mario Davis guys who can talk to you about blitz zero and restorative justice uh, in the same <laughs> conversation so I'm, yeah. I'm all about those guys and didn't we just say Mike didn't I say last week about the Saints what I like about the Saints is the way the various ways with which they're able to win games. No, they had that, that game against Seattle was not pretty. Uh, right. You know, Geno Smith is out there. Uh, yeah, Jameis Winston, and they struggled, and it was a three-point win for for New Orleans. And how did that game end? That game ended like fourth down, and then Demario Davis almost came with the interception. A lot of pressure. Or Malcolm Jenkins, they were both involved. In, Malcolm Jenkins on third down got a, a sack. And then on fourth down, on fourth and forever, uh, Demario Davis made a play, almost had a pick. They can do a lot of different things. So I like this team a lot. And I think it's significant. They had the last couple of years, you know, one of the great mm-hmm. quarterbacks of all time, obviously, in Drew Brees. But the last couple of years, Drew Brees missed some time. You know, last yep. year missed about four or five games. Year before that, missed some time. They, it wasn't just novel to them, like, oh, what do we do now? Drew Brees yeah. is not here. The Saints yeah. are really good of, of bringing up guys that you haven't heard from, heard little, very little from, incorporating, incorporating those guys into their system and getting some production out of them. So, they got Tampa a good locker probably, room. Tampa probably yeah. will win a division. Yeah, yeah, oh, especially with get, Jameis down. Don't get too comfortable. Yeah, yeah. don't get comfortable. No, though. You cannot cannot sleep on the Saints. Um, they gonna push you a little bit. But again, uh, thoughts go out to Jameis Winston. Really just felt for him. Um, I, I can only imagine, despite the dancing in the locker room, I can only imagine the level of disappointment he must feel. Um, elsewhere in the NFC South, on a somewhat related note, somewhat, um, Calvin yeah. Ridley, who missed the London game against the Jets for personal reasons, came back and then yesterday announced that he was stepping away from football for personal reasons. 
And I was on Twitter, he was stepping away from football for personal reasons. Um, meanwhile, and here's the announcement there. Um, meanwhile, in Philadelphia, or it, they were uh, with the Eagles, when it comes to the Eagles, uh, they were at Detroit, I believe. Um, Lane Johnson returned from a uh, sabbatical for personal reasons, uh, specifically mental health. And uh, he spoke yesterday, both to Fox in the pregame and also to the media postgame. And, uh, and I'm, I'm emphasize that word spoke after we hear from Lane Johnson. So basically what hindered me from going was um, I'm on a medication, an SSRI, and had bad, really bad withdrawal symptoms. So and that's really something, uh, yeah, just uh, football wasn't even a question at the time. It was something that I, I felt even before the season, um, some of the stuff I was feeling. And um, I didn't really tell a few close friends, but really kept it bottled up because I felt ashamed of it. I felt like it was, it was a crutch. And, but, you know, coming back, the support I've had from the team, from my friends, from my family, I mean, I couldn't ask for nothing better. And uh, getting out here and playing football again is, uh, you know, you're reminded how um, lucky you are to be in, in the position um, that you are. And so taking it day by day. I went from a, a very, I guess, mediocre dose to nothing. And so pretty much with the side effects is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost like you had the flu. Um, a lot of nausea, a lot of vomiting, and, and it's, it's something that stays. It's, it doesn't go away, and, um, and that's what I was really what I was dealing with. And so, yeah, I mean, it, when I got back, I uh, got the help that I needed, and and moving forward, just uh, playing. Man, I enjoy I enjoy playing football. I enjoy the people I'm around. I enjoy the community that I'm around. You know, it's. Um, one thing about this city, you know, Kelsey was talking about it's easy to play here, but yeah, man, just just be raw, just be real. This is, yes, that's what I, what I dealt with. It was, it was terrible. I don't wish it on nobody, but moving forward, I mean, I don't want sympathy, man. I got I got tons of friends, I got tons of help, and now I just want to focus uh, being the best right tackle that, that I can be. So that word spoke. Uh, I just got a couple of quick observations on this topic. Uh, one is. Uh, it's just so important, so important for Lane Johnson and others be others before him, whether it's Dak Prescott, Hayden Hurst, Lane Johnson to speak and give voice to this struggle um, yeah. and the specificity yeah. uh, to this very universal struggle, this very relatable struggle that he was dealing with. Um, and also, I just, you know, I think about him and Calvin Ridley and how we're getting it feels like we're getting to a point we're getting to a point where that stigma so. and that shame that they alluded to is is starting yeah. to fall by the wayside we're starting to grow out of that to where we're normalizing people taking mental health breaks or you know taking the time that they need to get right because the sad irony about football in particular about about professional football is even though in the real world and again we still got a ways to go we're realizing that the brain is no different than the rest of the body, that mental health and physical health should not be distinguished. Yes. You know, a brain mm. is a muscle, and just like you go to the doctor and you take care of yourself physically, you got to take care of yourself mentally from a maintenance standpoint. We know that, or, we, or most of us have come to realize that, 
as we've as we've evolved and grown in our level of sophistication in this uh, in this area. Football, though, is there's a there's a, a reverse irony to it where physical injuries uh, are a part of the game. It happens. You rehab and you're not incur you're, you're encouraged to fight through weakness. Like, are you hurt? Or are you injured? But mental injuries for so long have been taboo. And I think about what, what saddens me is I wonder, I think about and I wonder how many people throughout NFL history, because we just talking about pro football, just NFL history have suffered in silence. Whereas Elaine Johnson or Calvin Ridley or Dak Prescott or Hayden Hurst and so on and so forth can talk openly about this now. How many people for decades, for, all, for, the, for the century that the NFL has been playing football, how many people suffered in silence and never knew what was happening, and if they did know what was happening to them mentally, emotionally, psych psychologically, were too ashamed or too afraid to speak on it, even privately, and get the help that they yeah. needed. Because this game, unlike any other, will test you emotionally. And how many people just had to soldier on without being able to say, you know what, I'm not right. Because we, we, we've talked about We've seen extreme examples, Barrett Robbins, Super Bowl 37, you referenced earlier. And we've yeah, seen people struggle yeah. with depression and struggle mentally when their career is over. But the physical, mental, and emotional toll that this game takes on people, we haven't even scratched the surface of quantifying and qualifying that. Oh, it's a, it's a great point, Mike. I, I'm so glad you brought it up and you looked at it through that frame because I had... Uh, similar thoughts when when Calvin Ridley when that announcement came out and then Lane Johnson gave his post game remarks. I was very happy to see it. And this is where you all in the audience, those who are watching, those who are listening can help us help us out in the comments section. We'll do a, a special comments section uh, tomorrow or the day after. And, and it's this question I have for you, Mike, and for everybody listening to us is is the NFL ahead of corporate America when it comes to this? Or is the NFL behind corporate America talking about mental health openly and having people in charge? Because that's really who we're talking about, right? People in charge who understand it because some of your peers may understand what you're going through. They may be going through the same thing, but you work for a corporation or you work for a specific individual who just doesn't value it, doesn't understand it, unwilling or unable to learn more about it, unwilling, unable to educate uh, themselves about it. And so it makes it very difficult. Uh, and, you know, people always ask me, I'm sure they ask you the same thing too. you know, young journalists who want to talk to you about, hey, you know, if you could tell your young self uh, something, uh, you know, you, you know, now you didn't know then I would say pay attention to your mental health and yeah. and maybe not ask questions in an interview setting because you just don't know who you're dealing with. But when you're you're up for a job and you're looking at all the things that they're offering what the salary is going to be, what the vacation is going to be. How about look at the benefits and see where mm -hmm. your organization stands with mental health? What will they cover? Mm -hmm. What do they, what do they do? It, it tells you a lot what they value based on what they put on paper. And so uh, I, I think this is a I think this is a big topic and it, I'm glad Calvin Ridley and Lane Johnson. I applaud them both uh, for stepping up. I hope the trend Hope the trend continues. Yeah. That's role models right there.
Yep. That's modern day role models. Take care of yourselves, fellas. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why you shake his hand but you don't shake mine? Because he said I got a nice mouth. I did. Which which camera is my camera? Which camera? I did not say that. Let's go to work. I need a drink after all of that. Several. So, Mike, as you know, uh, the World Series is going to a sixth game between yes. the Houston Astros yeah. and Clint Coley's Atlanta Braves. But let me tell you something, man. Oh, like some not, people, like a Joe Atlanta Buck. Braves. They're not my oh, Atlanta sorry? Braves. Well, you repping I just like, I, like I, I, I got the jersey from Mitchell and Ness. They hooked the brother up. That's, gotcha. that's all I would that, yeah, Thank you for it. clarifying that. But nonetheless, <laughs> all right, all some right. people like Joe Buck were born to call the World Series. Uh, some people dream of announcing the Masters of the Super Bowl. Your boy, Michael Holly, dreamed of calling the World Series of Spades. So I had the pleasure of a recent weekend in L.A. Uh, co-hosting with the one and only Roxy Diaz, the brainchild of our guest, comedian Clint Coley. Uh, he is the host of advice from a of advice from an F boy. I got to make sure I say that and not get myself in trouble. Advice from an F boy podcast, but most important uh, for purpose of this conversation, uh, the World Series of Spades is his dream, and I got a chance to be a part of his dream. And the word got out yesterday uh, at, at, the, at the URL event that that trailer that you just saw played, and and Clint, I just love to know. I kind of saw it firsthand. But I'd just love to know what this project means to you and what it means to you that it has come to life. Oh, man. Well, first of all, Michael Smith, while I'm on your show and also Mr. Holly, I always want to say, man, first of all, thank you all for having me. Second of all, Mike, like I so I called you out personally. I said, yo, I know you play spades. I need to see you on that table. Now, mind you, that didn't happen. That's neither here nor there. But for me, what this project meant was like a lot of things that I said that I wanted to do, we actually did it. And that that means the world to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted Michael Smith to co uh, to be the, be the one of the co-hosts. Uh, I wanted real spades players. I wanted like a set that reminded me of like my family's basement growing up and stuff like that. So, yeah, like that. That's what this project means to me. Like I love spades, anything that spade, anything spades related. I'm excited about. So to like to see all of it, like, as I said, like, Yo, I want this, 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 and this, and it happened. Like, that was the best part. See, I love that. And you know what, Clint? I can see that just from the trailer. And I'm glad you said, like, the family basement. You wanted that, that kind of vibe. Because as I'm watching, I'm thinking, 
all right, what's being said? Why does this mean so much to, you know, this person to win? Just give us some experiences just growing up what those games were like and some of the conversations, direct conversations, side conversations that were happening during the game. Well, I'll say this. Um, I learned how to play space from my father. You know what I'm saying? And uh, this show is more so owed to him. You know what I'm saying? Like last year, we, um, you know, we, we unfortunately, we lost my father, you know, during the pandemic. And, um, you know, my dad was like the premium space partner. You know, like I used to watch, like, there was, you know, Mo Better Blues, the movie. Like one of my favorite scenes is when Denzel and his dad go out to play catch. And yeah. as they're playing catch, he's <laughs> catching him up on life, though, and, and giving yeah. him wisdom. Like, my father yeah. used to sit down. It would be me, my dad, uh, my best friends, John and Dom. And we would sit at the table every, 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 almost every night, it seemed like. And he would give us, like, he would, he would, he would, like, that was, the, like, the, these, com- like, I don't, you know, the old Kasai conversations, like, being at the adult table. Like, these conversations actually being at the adult table and my dad passing on wisdom that one day I'm going to pass down to somebody else. That that's that's what that's about. Like that's what this is about. And that's that's something. Those those that's the those are the most those are the most precious conversations to me. You know, is is the ones with my father and my best friends. Well, I could say from uh, firsthand knowledge uh, and no spoilers, but that was definitely a, a, an adult environment uh, <laughs> at that space table. Oh, I mean, it was no place for beginners or sensitive hearts. Um, and uh, there may or may not have been some weapons drawn. Man, there may not have been some fights. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let okay. you tune right. in next month to find I'm out intrigued. exactly I'm intrigued. how real it got at this table with the world championship belt on the line. But, but Clint, you know, Real again, quick, you and I are Mike, privy to, yeah. My bad, Mike, you mind if I, if I share one intense moment because I want to bring it back to mental health. Oh, come something on, that well, I was, I, I was going to ask you what some of your favorite moments are because you and I had the pleasure so, of, uh, we know how it played out, but you've had a chance to kind of step right. back. So take it away. Take right. it away. My favorite moment was, and I'm going to say this because this is a behind the scenes moment and only people that was there had to see it. So, I'm not gonna lie. I'm so I'm playing the ref, and being the referee in a space match with with us is is very very intense. And my job is to calm everybody down at the table. Like yo yo yo, calm down. We got to keep going. Yo, calm down. We got to keep going. Also, mind you, I'm the producer. I'm trying to make sure like we making things happen. Long story short, though, so problem and Nick are playing, and I think they're playing. Mac- I think they're playing Makai and uh, Nick. I mean, they're playing Makai and Lawrence. So mm-hmm. long story short, I'm getting frustrated because I have to do the take over, over, over again. And I was like, yo, I need three minutes. So I get my three minutes. I come back on tape. Now, problem is losing and I'm making fun of them. And problem is, I know you ain't talking because just two minutes ago, you was complaining about, oh, I need three minutes. And literally, <laughs> that probably was the one moment where we all like walked off the set. It was funny. Uh, it was one of those like black people can't control they laugh moments. Like it was, it was that was, but it was a moment in where I needed three minutes because my therapist taught me like Clint, man, when you feeling overwhelmed, I want you to go in the back. You need to, you know, one, two, three. So like I'm in the back taking the breath, like you know, doing the steps and everything like that. But also in that moment, they're making fun of me doing the steps, and but it was it was probably one of the best moments because it eased all the tension that I ever had and also made me feel like yo we all mess up. So that was. That was probably one of my most favorite. And you might not see it on the show. Like, I don't know if they'll, I hope. As a matter of fact, Caffeine, you watch it, put it in the show. I hope it's in the show. That's probably, and Mike, you can attest to that moment if you don't, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, it was just, it spoke to just how much it mattered to you, which we talked about earlier, and why 
the whole the whole operation matter to you. Michael, you have something else? I know I was just gonna say, listen, Clint, you just mentioned your therapist. We were talking about the importance of mental health uh, before you came on and how that stigma is going away. Do you tell people like you just told us very calmly? Hey, my therapist when you say that to people, what kind of responses uh, do you get? So for me now, man, like at the end of the day, like, look, it is what it is. Like this is like this ain't 1948 no more. And this ain't where black men, we got to sit around and be like, oh, man, like, you know, I'm feeling sad and we got to be strong. Now, part of being strong is knowing when you need help. You know what I'm saying? I have no problem admitting sometimes, hey, I need help. You know what I'm saying? Like, even while we were filming the World Series of Spades, I would call, hey, Mike, man, I don't know what I'm doing, bro. I need help. You know what I'm saying? And not even on a mental health tip, just like on a big brother, like, yo, I got your back. And we should be able to lean on each other always. You know what I'm saying? So I have no problem saying I got a therapist, I got a psychiatrist. You know, and when my when my dad passed, I needed a grief therapist. Get everybody. This is all hands on deck. We a team. If we not, then you know what are we doing? My favorite moment oh, um, was at the beginning of the production, the day before we started shooting. Uh, you, everybody was gathered, and I wish I'd have had my cell phone rolling, but Clint wanted to thank everybody for their hard work, and he just broke down. Broke down in tears because it was the manifestation of a vision and a dream uh, that had come true. And Clint, we're going to lean on you. This isn't a one-off. Let's do this because, you know, it starts on Caffeine TV in December. Yep. Let's do this again. Let's let's have you come back a couple of times. Oh, we'll talk for about real, for sure. Sports. Absolutely. We'll talk about the team that you don't really root for, but you're repping right now, which is fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a bunch of different things. And we'll get to the bottom of some of these interesting rules for the World Series of Spades. So we're going to oh, preview man. this part that a few times before December. That was the biggest part of the show was yeah. the rules are going to be in question. I know. First of all, Mr. Holly, do you play Spades? I wish I had more hands. But I, hey, we don't have time I'll to learn. get into that. We don't have time to get into I'll that. Learn. We we're gonna save that for next time. We're gonna clown it. I'll next be a beginner. Time. I know. Trust me. I, I deal with I'm Michael learning. Holly in spite of that flaw. In spite of that. Flaw. <laughs> I'm in a no, learning. You can't learn now. I'm in a learning space. Learn yes. Well, if you watch the no, no, space, you might just learn. You might. Just you can learn. definitely watch the show and learn. I got news on that coming up. You know, in in a, in a couple of months, I got news on it. So ahead of um, ahead of tonight's Monday Night Football game between the uh, Chiefs and Giants, uh, I'm sure you saw, unless you were up under a rock, that Tyron Matthew and teammate Anthony Hitchens got into it with some fans in the comments section. Uh, some fans who pointed out some of the worst mistakes uh, the franchise has made in recent years. Tyron Matthew called him one of the most toxic fan bases in, in the league or in sports. Of course, he apologized. Yada, yada, yada. I just want to say this, Michael. Uh, and you did a comment section call to action earlier. Look. Yes. It goes without saying that these are their people too. They got feelings, all right? And these young people came up with social media. So whether or not it was within Tyron Matthew and Anthony Hitchens', Anthony Hitchens rights to clap back is irrelevant. Okay, it's obviously not smart to go at your fan base because again, whoever said the customer is always right was I promise you a customer. Bottom line is the comment section is the new club. You know who you you know back in the day after midnight, stay out the club because don't nothing good happen in the club. Nothing good happens in the comment section. Not a day, ain't nothing you can't. There's no if you're gonna get in, get in and get right out. Do not hang out in the comment section. That's all I gotta say about that. Oh, but here is the lesson. But Mike. 
but Mike, just like the club, right? Just like the club, you walking by, you hear boom, 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 boom. Hey, or, or you see somebody standing in that line, you're like, oh, she going in? Okay, I'll go in there. It's sometimes it's irresistible. Sometimes you know you shouldn't do it. You know you shouldn't do it. And you get in there. And it, hey, it happens to all of us. Happens to everybody. What you gonna do? I question whether we should be doing I'm a comment saying. section segment. I'm starting to second guess that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.